Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome to the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Battery Power Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you are having a wonderful start to your Wednesday. Of course, you can find the Daily Hammer, the Battery Power Podcast, and the Road to Atlanta Podcast all on the Battery Power Podcast Network at BatteryPower.com, at BatteryPowerSBN on all forms of social media, as well as on any podcast platform you choose to listen to, free on all podcast platforms. Make sure you subscribe today. When it comes to the Braves, here's the latest from Atlanta. Bad luck, bad execution, and just a bad overall day when it came to the Braves in the Big Apple on Tuesday. A day after the Braves had a very convincing come-from-behind victory led by an excellent performance from Max Fried on the mound, as well as Travis Darno at the plate Tuesday was just all about the Braves not being able to take advantage of opportunities at the plate and running into just some unfortunate luck when it came to the mound. The Braves losing both games of the doubleheader to the Mets 5-4 to during the day and 3 to nothing at night. Overall, Charlie Morton once again ran into some early struggles. It seemed like that in terms of what he could control, he certainly was a bit more on top of his game. He certainly ran into some bad luck when it came to the runs that the Mets scored. Just a dink here, a dunk there. All of the hits, it seemed, were under eight, you know, 85, 80, 75 miles per hour off the bat. Just very well-placed hits that unfortunately led to runs. And the unfortunate thing is the Braves once again found themselves down early by, you know, as much as five to nothing or five to one um, in the game. Fortunately, Matt Olson was able to connect with a three-run home run. But the overall problem is, is that while that was great to see Matt Olson connect for a three-run homer as he had a double in the nightcap as well to show maybe he's getting going again with his offensive at bat. Overall, the Braves were 1-for-13 with runners in scoring position over the two games. And really, there wasn't much to talk about in the second game. The Braves had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to try to... They were creating scoring opportunities, but once again could not convert them into runs. And though Kyle Kyle Wright was not as on point in this start as he has been so far this season, including giving up a two-run double to Dominic Smith in the first inning of the second game for the Braves to go down two to nothing. He simply did his job. He absolutely did exactly what the Braves needed for him to do, which was despite a rough start on his end, he kept the Braves in a position to try to come back and win it. But in the first inning, the second inning, the third, the fourth, the Braves simply could not convert 
despite having 11 opportunities. The Braves were 0 for 11 in the second game when it came to runners in scoring position, and they wound up losing the game 3 to nothing. Now, a couple of bright spots was that Ronald Acuna Jr. in the second game, he certainly seemed to be getting back to his uh, old self. You know, it seems like he's, con- he's starting to slowly but surely start to get his timing down. He led the game off with a 116-mile-per-hour hit off of his bat for a double. Matt Olson, a couple of extra base hits as well on his end. Travis Demerit, you know, was able to produce the other run for the Braves today. So there was some bright spots overall, and also the Braves' bullpen did their job for most of the game, for both games as well. So, yes, there were a few bright spots, but at the end of the day, after plenty of momentum coming off of Monday's come-from-behind victory with Max Fried on the mound and Travis Darno at the plate, The Braves, unfortunately, were not able to capitalize on it, and it's the same issues, once again, that are hurting the Braves. Getting down early, not being able to convert with with runners in scoring position, and just overall, it really seems to stand out that if the Braves are not hitting home runs, and as we've seen, one of the biggest storylines of this season so far in all of baseball is, unfortunately, the ball itself just is not producing the overall offense that it has in past years. If the Braves are not hitting home runs, they unfortunately have a lot of struggles when it comes to their offense, and that certainly showed out in the doubleheader on Tuesday. And now the Braves will go into the finale against the Mets, seven games behind New York in the division. So the Braves will enter Wednesday now at 11 and 15 and 7 games behind the Mets in the division. Again, this team right now the record is nowhere near the talent level of this team. And yes, a continuing theme is just simply this is that the Bra- the results of the Braves efforts certainly are not there as well. The Braves pitching overall is significantly uh, from what they can control their efforts should be pr- producing much better results than they're getting. Obviously, we know that from you know the, the continued uh, barrage of, of uh, weak hits that opponents are getting that are leading to runs. But the other thing is this, is that offensively, the Braves just simply, yes, they're putting the bat on the ball. They're near the top of the major leagues in exit velocity and barrels. Yes, all those are simply true. But once again, as I mentioned in the first segment, in in a season now where we know that the ball is not going out of the park as it normally did in the past, this is a Braves offense that is built on power. This is a Braves offense that is built to out-homer its opponents more often than not. And if that is removed from the equation, well, this Braves offense, situational hitting, patience at the plate, creating scoring opportunities, That's what starts to gain more value. And right now, this Braves offense is just simply not performing well in those areas. And it's multiple things. I mean, obviously, it's the situational hitting. As we discussed, runners in scoring position, creating scoring opportunities, walks, late game situations, the Braves finding themselves behind far too often early in games. All those things start to mount up as Just a bit too many obstacles for this team to overcome. But for the Braves to have their offensive breakthrough, for the Braves to truly be able to find a remedy to get their offense going, they're simply going to have to have their best players start to perform 
like their best players. You know, through the first 10 or so games of the season, Matt Olson, Austin Riley, Marcelo Zuna, they were carrying our offense enough despite the struggles of the bottom part of our order. Well, now the script has reversed a little bit. Swanson, Demerit, both of those players have done very well over the past 10 or so games. But over the past 12 games, since April 20th, of the five Braves that have had the most plate appearances, Austin Riley has a 1.066 OPS. As I mentioned in yesterday's episode, he's performing right now like one of the best hitters in the National League. But the problem is, is that despite Austin Riley, the other four Braves with the five highest amount of plate appearances since April 20th, they all right now have a batting average of 200 or less over that time frame, an OPS of 600 or less. For instance, just throwing out a few names. Adam Duvall, an OPS of 414. Matt Olson, an OPS of 441. These numbers are coming into yesterday's games, so obviously Matt Olson's numbers have improved a bit. Marcelo Zuna, a 499 OPS. Ozzy Albies, a 598 OPS. The situational hitting is just the icing on a cake nobody wants to eat because the, the, the cake itself is the fact that the Braves' best hitters are just simply not performing up to their talent levels right now. Now, you certainly hope that getting Mar um, Ronald Acuna Jr. back helps that cause, but until the Braves' best hitters start performing to their level of hitting, it's going to be hard for the Braves to be able to get out of this, you know, less than ideal start to the season. So again, there's so many different things that we can break down. Bad luck certainly is part of the equation. Lack of being able to convert scoring, or lack of being able to convert scoring opportunities into runs, that's part of the conversation. But at the end of the day, if the Braves are truly going to break through, if they're truly going to find a groove to get this season going on the right track, they're going to need their best hitters to perform like their best hitters. And a great day for that would be to start today. Ian Anderson on the mound for the Braves. You're hoping that the Braves will be able to find success early in the game, but it's going to be another tough matchup. The Braves will be facing off against Tyler McGill, who has a 1.93 ERA, is 4-0 so far to start this season. He's been one of the best pitchers in the National League so far this year. And so the Braves are going to have to figure out it'd be great for them to score early to give Ian Anderson some confidence. And of course, you're also hoping that Ian Anderson can make sure that his overall stuff is under control so he doesn't wind up leading a lack of control into walks. And then, of course, that leading into just the Mets needing a couple of big hits to once again get up early. This is a huge game today. Just like it was on Monday. If the Braves win, you split the series. Not the best result, but hey, you haven't seen your situation get worse moving forward. But if you lose today's game, the Braves are now five games under 500. Eight games behind the Mets in the division, going into a very tough part of May. I know it's early, and I know that this Braves team has every bit of talent to be able to get on a hot stretch and turn this season around on a dime. But it's going to be a very deep hole for them to climb out of 
if they can't get a win today, and if their best players on offense don't start performing like their best players soon. But at the end of the day, that's why they play the game. You go through your struggles to eventually figure out how you can have success, and this Braves team certainly does have the capability of doing that and doing it emphatically at any point in time. You certainly hope that starts today to support Ian Anderson on the mound. Of course, it's always a pleasure being with you here on the Daily Hammer. Make sure you check out the Daily Hammer, the Battery Power podcast, the Road to Atlanta podcast, all at BatteryPower.com, at BatteryPowerSBN, and on any podcast platform that you choose to listen to, all for free. Just make sure you subscribe to the Battery Power Podcast Network. My name is John Coleman. I've got full faith the Braves are going to figure it out soon. It'd be great for them to start to be able to split this series with the Mets and get a little bit of momentum going as they start to go through a pretty tough stretch of opponents in May. Of course, we'll be back with you covering it all. Hope you have a great start to your Wednesday, and we'll talk to you again soon here on The Daily Hammer. (laughs) 